Hello, everyone. I'm Parenthesis I, and uh, this is Anarchists and Androids. I'm joined with Logar the Barbarian. And today we'll be reviewing the movie Megan with a three instead of a E. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sci-fi horror movie. And the reason why like, I wanted us to review this movie is because of the show Anarchists and Androids. And you might be wondering, where are the androids? Well, here's an android for you. <laughs> Crazy murderous child android. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't I, I wasn't I didn't know what to expect when I first heard about the movie. And then when I saw the uh, the previews, I was like, oh, it's kind of a horror type thing. I won't say yeah. Chucky, but ch- in that vein of Chucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like killer doll, except like this is like more because robotics and AI instead of magic and stuff. What was the Twilight Zone evil doll? T- something Tina or something like oh, that? Oh, Talking Tina. Talking yeah. Tina. Talking <laughs> yeah. Tina. It's very Talking Tina-esque. Uh, yeah. I, I like the beginning. It gave me this... The beginning reminded me of the old book, I, Robot, where the little girl gets the robot and falls in love with the robot and they become bonded. Only I think what's interesting about this is we're living in the year 2023, years after Isaac Asimov wrote that about the robot. And we've been interacting with robots on a daily basis. And we realize that like this technology, people are developing emotional bonds and interacting in ways that we hadn't expected So seeing this piece of technology, this robot, this android in the show is made to be a doll, a toy that's able to learn and everything else. Um, What happens is interesting because there begins to become emotional bonds like that old Isaac Asimov story. I think it's interesting questioning how we've seen technology go in the Internet age, how those emotional bonds and those development would occur introducing talking tina to the family (laughs) (laughs) or megan well i think that's an interesting thing to bring up and ask and and talk about and kind of contemplate while approaching this yeah yeah it's kind of like in a way like uh was it Gemma, who is like the aunt that becomes a caregiver for caddy little girl she basically kind of automates the caregiving and emotional support for a caddy <laughs> because like she's so busy with her job it's like here have this robot take care of you yeah i'm not gonna lie had i been given a robot child to do some of those things with my children growing up i would have taken it in a heartbeat how many times i've told this hey i told you flush the toilet they say instead of sitting there being on that kid every five seconds there's the toy. Oh, please don't forget. Don't forget getting them to do it. I would love that in my kid. I just need Megan in my kitchen for every time the kids come downstairs in the middle of the night to make themselves dinner at three in the morning for whatever reason they're down there messing the kitchen up, leaving me piles of dishes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what, what the movie shows is it starts out in that benevolent way and then it winds up with uh, trying to kill you. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, it's interesting. Is the it's the it's the fear of the technology that they lean into that way that that the the doll eventually the directive is to take care of and protect the child, and it kind of evolves its a directive along there. I I, I want to go back to something at the towards the beginning of the movie within the first yeah. half hour. Something is said because what happens in the film is she works for this co- toy company that's doing all this robotic and high tech toys, right? 
Yeah, that's a competitor of Hasbro. Yes, a competitor of Hasbro <laughs> who just laid off a thousand people yesterday or the day before, if you're listening to this when it drops. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening early on the Patreon because it came out early on the Patreon the day before, then, <laughs> then it was yesterday. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. so they make these toys and, and she's been working on this project of this android, this young girl to play with the kids, essentially. Which is cool. At first, the company's like, oh, this is a waste. This is a waste. And then when he sees the potential of this thing, the the boss. Oh, played by Ronnie Chang. He goes, <laughs> get me a list of the things to say in the middle of a presentation that make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the worker, the developer, the people that did the work aren't the ones here, you know, that he's going to go up there and act, I know it all because they did it underneath me and he's going to take all this credit for this project and get all the money. And after that, as they as they reveal this to the higher boards and CEOs and folks at the company, one of the first things they tell her is, you're going to need to set up an appointment with the lawyers to renegotiate your contract. Oh yeah, uh, that's interesting. It's not a thing that I think really happens as often as we'd like to think in these spaces. When you create something, often the company just owns it, and you're still a worker at the bottom. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're just lucky that you still have your job. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I got to keep my job. They're not yeah. going to ax me and take my creation and make millions, which they will do, as they did with people like Gary Gygax and Dave Arniston. <laughs> yeah, but and it sounded like. Uh, the Gemma character that she had spent lots and lots of company money on developing the Megan thing. And the boss didn't even really want her to be doing that, but she's still spending all this money. But she had that hit. She knew what was going to happen. She knew. She had her hands on the poles. Yeah, but she really was like risking a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, so I want to go back to the very beginning, right? So it begins like the girl, Caddy, her parents are killed uh, in a car accident where they run, get into an accident with a snowplow. And that actually reminded me of recent thing in the news with Jeremy Renner. Oh, plays, yeah. You know, Hawkeye. He was hit by a snowplow. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I heard he broke like some some ridiculous amount of bones in his body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so with that being the start of the movie, it kind of took me out of this fictional reality and back into the, <laughs> the real world, especially since there's snowplows all over the place where I live. Okay, but then also the whole thing, the situation of Caddy basically became an orphan with her parents dying. And then she's like sent to uh, have her aunt take care of her, her aunt Gemma. And but that reminded me, if you want to bring it into like more anarchist critiques, right? It's a critique of the nuclear family. Because like with nuclear families, it's like you have like the, this kind of isolated social units and stuff, you know, the, the yes. two parents and then the kids and all that. And then when, in this case, right, the parents are just suddenly not there anymore. Then like what happened in the movie, like the kid is totally uprooted from where they live and everything they know and taken to some other place. Mm -hmm. And so if you have like alternative social models that are not nuclear family, they're more integrated into the community. You can have the parents, you know, unfortunately pass away, but still have a whole network of community support that can care for these kids. And that's one thing that happens under capitalism itself is is alienation. Marx wrote a lot about that himself. Yeah. <laughs> the alienation that occurs. And it occurs more and more drastically in more areas the more you examine the concept of alienation, what it's done to our society. Now it's torn oh, apart yeah. the communities, <laughs> capitalism. And also you can see capitalism in the movie too, right? Where like the, the new caregiver, uh, Gemma, even though she does care for Caddy, she's not really able to be present because her job, she has to go to work and stuff. Yeah. And so, so capitalism definitely plays into like the whole, like with child upbringing and absentee parents. 
And then also with the whole automating caregiving and support, you know, that kind of already happens already with the uh, latchkey kids, you know, mm-hmm. like the parents are gone at work and the kids they stay at home. They have their computers, devices, video games, TVs and all that. Now, but in I, this case, you have a, a robotic AI doll. And I think that we were like Gen X was like the uh, latchkey. Like there's a lot of talk about latchkey kids. I I was I, my, I usually had one of my parents that picked us up after school. Both my parents would work back in the day. <laughs> so my, they would be like, who works at what time? Who works in the day and who works in the evening type of schedule? So one parent would be around while the other one would go to work. And this was supposed to be when we were doing so great financially in this country under Reagan and all that. If you recall when the last oh, yeah. era was um, one, one income from working full time was not enough for our family to get by even then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess like the whole latchkey thing, you know, having the. TV be your babysitter that resulted in me like becoming a Star Trek fan because I remember like <laughs> Star Trek was on at the perfect timing. Yeah, I I caught a lot of Bonanza on the TV growing up. I caught less oh. Star Trek than I did Bonanza. It seemed like oh. that's what was on. <laughs> wow, um, sorry for your loss. <laughs> yeah. I like Haas though. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, there was definitely some Star Trek on. It just seemed like when when I was looking for stuff. You know, those were the shows that popped up the most commonly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then as far as like parental figures in this movie, right? Like uh, you could, I mean, it's like such a scarcity mindset, right? Like mm-hmm. oh, the parents are gone, then you have like Gemma. And so then cut to the very end of the movie. You have Megan and Gemma are fighting to the death. And basically, they're kind of fighting over who's going to be the sole parental figure in Caddy's life. That's an and interesting, it's like, oh, interesting yeah. thing to fight over. It's like a custody battle. Yeah, to the death. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's not too unheard of. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. Yeah, when like a couple separates and they hate each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we, we had this huge thing here in Ohio where there was like, everybody's like, oh, it's some kind of drug deal gone wrong. An entire family was slain or something. Everybody was speculating. It turned out to be a custody dispute gone really mm-hmm. awry. And they like killed the entire family it is, it's a few years back. And it was what <laughs> the what the heck? was crazy anyways yeah yeah so like there have to be like alternative models and structures for like family and child raising uh, mm-hmm. instead of what we have now in our modern society yeah now <laughs> I, I i like so it goes into a horror direction with the doll so that's <laughs> um i i look uh, let's do a quick comparison remember the robin williams movie was a bicentennial man who was kind of based on the positronic brain of isaac asimov and all that yeah, I vaguely remember that movie. It's it's a, I think and now it's been years since I've watched it, but when it came out, I loved the movie. Largely because it was very Asimov-esque in its approach. And as Robin Williams is born the robot, very similar type of thing. The robot that can learn, the that can evolve and change, like Megan. Only Asimov always had this like bright hopes for humanity some point in time in the future compared to what Megan has like, Oh no, technology is going to be terrible. And we're in a world where automation and AI are things that are emerging at a level. We, we have never seen yet. We'll just say, yeah, there's all these news stories, like even like recently about like what the chat GPT. Yes. That like, yeah. But, and uh, then the AI art and stuff. So this talk is about like... the chat GPT for a minute, because I think that was brought up on yes uh, on yesterday's episode. Well, actually, it was today's episode recording. But what what is chat GPC? Uh, so my understanding is like uh, when AI 
kind of program for like learning and or like it answers questions. I guess it's a question answer format. And then it like it has demonstrates some kind of understanding of what it finds on the internet, mm-hmm. like kind of collects all the different data about stuff and has some kind of, you know, from what I hear, pretty decent understanding. It can create stories too, I think, too. It can create fictional stories. They recently found that one of these AIs, one of the, and also they've recently found that one of these AIs, from what I've heard, is is actually just being farmed out to people in countries where your income is pretty low compared to places yeah. like the US and whatnot. And they found out that it was not an AI and bots, but apparently just very low wage labor that was responding to people's questions and whatnot as well. So that was an interesting reveal there. I want to talk about how this impacts us in reality, because what interests me about sci-fi when I was getting into things like Outer Limits and, and all those kinds of things growing up is the social commentary that exists in science fiction and the parallel of the technology and the evolving world, essentially, if that makes sense. That's what makes science fiction fascinating to me. Uh, Things like The Expanse, where it shows, hey, this is probably how things are going to go. Now, looking at this, we have the AI and we have we have seen so much happen technologically since I've been born. The introduction of personal computers, of cell phones and all kinds of things that were not there when I was a kid. All these new technologies, something like Megan doesn't seem that far off at this point in time. It doesn't seem like, oh, wow, yeah. that's crazy. They made that. <laughs> yeah, because it starts off like right before the car accident. Like they, they have a, the caddy character is like on her like iPad thing. And it's connected to this like rudimentary like robot toy thing. And the, I can her, totally picture that kind of thing existing in the world now. I mean, it's like a Furby. Yeah, it yeah. Pretty much, it pretty much is stuff we have now. <laughs> yeah. So then they just do like the leap from that to like, you know, robot that has like super strength that can kill people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. Now, I, I, I would not be shocked how, that we would come out with this kind of technology that is your friend. Although I would say that it's probably going to exist on your phones and computers before it has a body that walks around that way. One thing that I found is like computers are really good with information. Our technology, when it comes to like physical labor and stuff like that, I don't think it's reached the level it has with information technology. We are getting there, but an affordable robot that walks around and can handle as much as what we see here, like a human being. I don't think we're there entirely, but we could be soon. <laughs> oh, you know, I was crazy. Like, even like before, like doing this podcast, like I did like a search for like the Megan movie. And then I think uh, I had Facebook open and then Facebook, I guess, is aware of this search and then had this uh, targeted ad for me about a robot dog thing I could buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get your robot. Dog. Hopefully, it's not one of the killer drone dog. Draw, drone, blah, 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 rewind. A killer yeah. drone dog for the military. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah and the, you just mentioned right there, like the military. So it seems like the kind of robot you have in Megan would first go to the military before going to children. <laughs> Probably. Once, yeah. I think that most companies, when they realize what they had there, We'll probably be calling up the DOD like, hey, wait, we have something here that might be worth a lot of money because the amount they'll spend on research, development and throw at some of these corporations for these new technologies is absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got all these people like Honeywell and everything else, uh, Garmin and, and, and Lockheed Martin. Yeah, they're going to develop for billions of dollars these technologies for the United States military use. Yeah. 
That's probably Wait. the route it would go. Hasbro <laughs> would suddenly become an arms dealer. <laughs> <Your Yeah. picture. laughs> and then it would probably be sent to like Ukraine to fight against the Russians first. <laughs> yeah, by uh, proxy. And what was it's been a while since I remember this one. Wasn't there a point in time when Monsanto was somehow intertwined with both aspirin and or um Agent Orange? <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so it's like selling it to the general public as well as the military. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, that's a company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get my medicine. Yeah, well, definitely. It's since yeah, for some reason, I don't know why. Like you'd have like a children's toy, like have super speed and super strength, <laughs> like Megan does, you know. But because it has that, that gives it an immediate like military application. Yeah, well, it also like helps protect the child from all the dangers of the world because there's a lot of fear mongering that goes on in our media. We have to fear the poor people and the people around us, but those in power, those with the guns, that's who we should trust. (laughs) Or or in the movie, like uh, the first thing they're afraid of is the neighbor's dog because the neighbor has like a big scary dog and there's a hole in the fence and the dog keeps on getting in. And so that's the first murder is the dog. (laughs) And just like any like tale of a child that is you know that that's like the age-old tale this kid has emotionally distressed problems and stuff like that you've heard it since we were young i i, I knew a couple kids that would do hateful hurtful things the animals grow oh, up and yeah me see? too <laughs> this kid's kind of freaked me out yeah, <laughs> yeah the, i definitely could name a few kids i knew growing up that are you know i went to junior high or high school with that did Things like that to animals, yeah. and some of them and now they're police questions. officers. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah. of them are. Some of them may be. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting. It takes that that sort of natural childhood development of violence that we've seen mirrored in, in so many of these stories of people who have uh, done such horrible things, like killing others, like she's going, and it kind of has the doll take a route like that. It goes from first the dog, then to a young boy who is. The young boy that is killed is is presented in this as a shitty kid, like like he's yeah. terrible, like you don't like him. It's not yeah. presented in a way that's made to like, oh, I feel bad because they killed that young boy. It's kind of presented like, you know, Megan's going to kill him, but he was kind of a shit. <laughs> and the same, yeah, the same with the neighbor, too. Exactly. It's like uh, they killed the neighbor lady. And it's like, oh, it's sad that they killed a neighbor, but she's kind of a jerk anyway. So. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> paint the victims as like, oh, they're terrible. So it's it, when it happens, you're not like, oh, no, that poor person. You're kind of like, eh, they got theirs. <laughs> that just seems very intentional. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, like the, the CEO of the corporation played by Ronnie Chang, like uh, he was killed by Megan, too. And so, and you, you have the same thing. It's like, oh, he was kind of an asshole boss CEO. So yeah, whatever. But then I think that the first time it really crosses the line into like innocent bystander, it was like the assistant of the boss was murdered by Megan. And then they're like, oh, come on. That's crossing the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first few kills, you're like, oh yeah, they're being nasty to our, to our protagonists. We aren't so bothered by them take, taking a bullet, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting they present it that way. It, and then uh, he probably is the turning point. The assistant gets killed who really didn't do anything to harm anyone. Yeah. And that's when she starts getting a little twisted and, and talking about peril. Like, oh, well, you'll need me if you're paralyzed, essentially. And the threat of becoming paralyzed by the android becomes a very real thing there uh, is kind of where her mind goes with the, her tw- it kind of twists around like, oh, I'm going to harm you once you're harmed and you can't even wipe your own butt. I'll be there. 
Oh God. Oh man. God. <laughs> but maybe it's like some perverse way to like get empathy for the doll or the, the toy, because like, uh, like this, you can push a button or send a command and that would disable like the Megan doll. Well, there's, there's a definitely a, at the beginning, they're aiming for some kind of empathy for like the group of characters who are the aunt, the poor orphaned niece who has gotten the doll and the doll. And that's there in the way they write it. Somewhere they make a switch with the doll specifically. I, I don't know if they were trying. Here's the thing: if they would not, if I would not have seen the previews that existed showing her as scary Megan, I would have had no idea this was supposed to be more of a horror type approach to things, and it would have thrown me for a bigger loop. So I feel that the, I really feel that the, the trailers, kind of ruined the movie. <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> going into it i realized that after seeing a trailer that there's going to be this i'm going to become scary doll i wish i yeah. didn't know that going in oh really oh see yeah because i knew that going in and uh, that's what it was an appeal to me it's like it wasn't traditional horror like chucky it's like horror chucky as an ai yeah and i like that it, it makes <laughs> yeah. more sense like talking tina and chucky chucky's just evil for the sake of being evil he's the what was he? He was the the magical transference of a of a bad criminal, and he. And I could go on forever about the weird um, implications of that whole concept, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to go that route today. But Megan being AI and being in this technological space that's very relevant to today's discussions. I think makes Megan a very interesting character to kind of follow and explore some of these ideas and things that are emerging today. I think that it seems like it's one of those things that you'll probably see someone try to do a sequel of. Maybe not oh, all oh, the original yeah. well, actors come back. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. I was going to say they, they have a sequel confirmed and they have a oh. release date for it, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to see it. I'd like to see them explore more ideas and maybe not be as much, oh, it's scary Megan type thing, but we'll see where they go. Yeah. Um, This this could be the beginning of the Megan cinematic universe. Oh. Uh, Will we see Megan in Secret Wars? Yeah. 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 Or fighting King King the Conqueror. Excellent. (laughs) This is getting fun already. She needs yeah. some kind of like ray guns to shoot out of her hands for this. Oh yeah, to, and to fly <laughs> through the air. Yeah. I like it, flying Megan. Yeah, the walking around doll look like it's a it's a it's a it's a girl sized doll. That's kind of creepy. It's kind of cool looking. They pulled it off well. <laughs> oh yeah, and and so then one thing I was gonna say also is like so Megan is also connected to the internet and <laughs> her consciousnesses, and so one of the things that happens is like. At nighttime, when uh, the little girl Caddy is asleep, Megan just like stands by the window and just stand there and just basically surfs the internet and learns from the internet. And you get the idea like as time goes on, she's coming across all this weird stuff on the internet and who knows what she's thinking about it, but it's definitely changing her, you know. And so she has like this inner journey that's going on. It's all inside her head, but you can only guess. It looks like she fed a little bit too much into the whole like internet bickering troll edgelord world and ideologies yeah. that emerged there. <laughs> yeah, and that makes her so like aggressive and stuff and violent. <laughs> the constant combative nature uh, of of 
online discourse and interactions where everybody's just mad firing up at each other. Yeah. Yeah. And and then at the very end of the movie, they kind of imply that like the Megan body of the robot is destroyed, but the Megan's consciousness is still alive on the internet. Yeah. And when she first walks into the house, there's a, 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 I don't know, Alexa type, robot it's it's kind of like one of these things you get in your house i think alexa's one what's the other one the google has one like a, oh with siri yeah <laughs> siri and you walk in and you tell them to turn on the music and turn on the lights but it's slightly more slightly more in the android direction yeah and and she has this right in her house i i now the programming and here's one thing that i wasn't clear on watching this was i understand the programming the learning programming of the robot may have somehow been connected to whatever uh, interfaced AI she was using at the house as well as yeah, and she was interacting with her laptop. It's all part of the same program, I believe. And Megan herself either infused herself into the other programs and took control of these things. But at some point in time, I think that there may have been some kind of uh, entanglement there. If one rose out of the other, it kind of reminds me of Vision and the in the creation of Vision on the on the Avengers films when Vision pops yeah. out his entity from this mixing oh yeah oh definitely yeah it seems like that and then like just on the internet in general megan seems to get more and more control over it Mm -hmm. so much so that like when they're at the corporate headquarters and the big fight and explosion happens she's able to like turn off all the emergency alarms i like megan i'm curious to see where the sequels go there were things Mm -hmm. i there were some interesting things brought up and i think i've already pointed to where the things that i found most interesting and got me thinking about i'm curious there is anything specific that stood out to you that we haven't touched on yet or from my limited notes i I covered everything except for the fact that the Gemma character is played by uh allison williams who's the daughter of the disgraced NBC news anchor Brian Williams. Oh, <laughs> Remember, really? Brian Williams was the guy who said that he saw combat in Iraq, but he didn't actually. And I, so then he got fired from the nightly news. I didn't know that. That's strange and interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is like a lot of a lot of these people you see pop up in these films. It is very much a, like my parents were in this industry and had connections, and I was able to kind of get the role. There's all over the place it's been for years oh yeah oh the, the caddy character i looked up that actress you know that plays the little girl and it turns out like all her siblings are also in movies so it's kind of like in the family for them yeah yeah there yeah. is the sort of dynasty thing that's going on over at hollywood oh yeah yeah was it like it's a big club but you're not in it yeah that's, that's <laughs> the classic george carlin there i love it you can yeah. be as good of an actor you want, but you kind of have to have those connections. And then that liberty and abil- ability, that freedom to like, you know, pursue something like that. When a lot of folks, their time has to be spent on low wage labor to make ends meet. Sometimes if your dad, you know, is in that field, or your parents have those connections. You don't have to worry as much about that. You probably got your basics met because of daddy's money and you can pursue whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just the reality of the situation. Think of it what you will. (laughs) Oh, and and you said you had a quote, too. Oh, the quote was, yeah, it was earlier. It was the the one that I first brought up. It was, get me a list of things to say in the presentation that make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I just have had so many jobs in my life where the person on top of me has no clue what we're doing from a day-to-day basis, no clue how to do it. When when the boss or owner comes in, they screw everything up, destroy it, damage it, act like, that's how you do it. 
and you're spent the rest of the day fixing what they screwed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. most of my bosses are like that. Yeah, yeah. and they want to be the ones that get up there and get the credit for what everybody's been doing work-wise, and they get the money for it and everything else, but the workers, you know, let it know what? I want it to sound like I know what I'm talking about. They don't. They're repeating words they've heard. They're they're picking stuff up from from others at the bottom who know what they're saying, regurgitating those words, spinning them out, trying to stay relevant or sound like they know what they're talking about. (laughs) That's what bosses do. Or or likewise, like they can know things about like policy and legal stuff, you know, but like as far as the actual work that's going on day to day, they're totally out of touch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's far too often is the case. You know, the person who they're paying minimum wage or 14, 15 bucks an hour to do something. Those are the people who do the work. Those are the people who are being trampled over. Those are the ones who know what's going on in most cases. (laughs) So uh, I, I liked, I liked Megan. Any final thoughts on the movie? And no, no, I'm just looking forward to the, the next one in basically two years from now is when Megan 2.0 is the name of that film. Megan <laughs> that 2.0. This is yeah. exciting. They're going to make an, I'll bet you the company makes another Megan. Yeah. I, I, I do hope we're going into Megan being a weapon of warfare for the DOD and stuff like that. And, oh. <laughs> <the second one. laughs> and Megan will be fighting the Russians. <laughs> yeah. By then we're going to be full on red scare. They're doing this weird red scare thing in the media now where Russia is evil. And people seem to think that Russia is somehow still communist. Sometimes it's like, Hey, did you, did you pay attention to history? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> like, it made what... such an impression and stuff. It's like, Oh, why not just go back to it? You know, like a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to engage in the Cold War all over again with Russia. So definitely we have to have uh, the defense contractors come and take Megan to go fight Vladimir Putin and the Russians. <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of cool, though, to see, like, Megan is, like, basically looks like a little girl on the battlefield, like, just tearing apart these tanks and stuff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, is she still gonna have the little dolly dress on while she does? Yeah, it? have it like a little dolly dress and be like tearing apart this heavy equipment. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. It would be a blow to some folks' masculinity. It would be interesting to see happen. <laughs> I think that's about all we have for today. Oh yeah. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you can catch me every day on the Wobblies and Wizards podcast, at least for a little while longer while we're doing the daily podcast. Uh, parenthesis I, where do they find you on the internet? Oh, at uh, parenthesis I.blogspot.com and at parenthesis I on uh, Mastodon. And that's E Y E, like your eyeball, not an eye oh. like myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has their own rebellion. 